What if I told you Auburn's most productive freshman this season will not be Keldrick Falk? Freezing temperatures are likely for several hours inland and a few hours closer to the coast. Yes. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby. Thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. And shout out to all the everydayers out there, including Bill Taylor, who is destroying me in the gym every single day. Happy Ferg Friday to all who celebrate Justin Ferguson of the Auburn Observer hanging out with us today. And Justin I want to talk a lot about freshmen today, and then we'll touch on a list that disrespects both Cam Newton and Nick Marshall, question mark. I don't know why you would do that, but there are people out there that want to do it. I made the claim just a second ago, Keldrick Falk will not be Auburn's most productive freshman. That is nothing against Keldrick. I think Keldrick is exceptional, but you and I have talked in the past how it's really hard to be a productive pass rusher as a true freshman in the SEC. There's just not a whole lot of data that really supports that he's going to be able to do that. And I also think him kind of playing more of a defensive end role, probably more so than we thought um, when he first stepped foot on campus is I think it could slow that production down a little bit just by the nature of what the assignments are and how the offense may protect their quarterback against him. So first off, I think Kay and Lee is a candidate to be more productive than Keldrick Falk as well as Connor Lou. Yeah, I think that, the thing with Keldrick Falk is it's just you got to have reasonable expectations for him. I mean, if yeah. he comes out and tears it up as a freshman, it, I mean, man, you're, you're talking about somebody who's on the path to something pretty special. If you go back since 1996, only five freshmen have recorded at least four sacks for Auburn in their debut seasons. Three of those guys were red shirts. Most recently uh, was Colby Wooden. Carl Lawson did it in 2013 and uh, Leonardo Carson did it in 1996. Like those are the only true freshmen that have done it. So I think people may look at it and say, Oh, well, four sacks. That's not a whole lot. Or they, you know, they could be disappointed with that. But honestly, I mean, for freshmen in the sec and for freshmen at Auburn, that's about what you can get. Unless you're a Will Anderson or a Harold Perkins type. And those guys were elite top end five stars. I know Keldrick was a five star uh, by the end by, by rivals, I believe. Yeah. But, you know, it's just really, really tough to to do that, you know, at a high level, especially on a team for like Auburn that is so so much rebuilding. You know, it's mm-hmm. not like with a gay, case like a guy like Will Anderson or, or even Harold Perkins last season, you had you had a really strong defensive line that he was playing off of um, and, and, you know, able to kind of free up some opportunities. I could see a situation where Keldrick Falk, like you said, like, you know, could get focused on uh by opposing offenses because you know he's he's got he's he's so big and he's so athletic and uh, he's going to command a lot of attention so uh it, it'll be really really interesting to see kind of how he handles it this year but um you know I, I think if he can be a guy that is one of Auburn's top you know two or three pass rushers in terms of overall production not just sacks but just getting to the quarterback yeah, that's absolutely that's absolutely what you need out of him this year. Yeah, yeah, and I think we've talked about this. I know I've talked about it a ton on the show. I'm sure some of it's been with you. Like I am concerned about the pass rush of this defense. It's the biggest and question. You, I yeah, think it's we, the biggest question on the whole team, honestly. More, more the receiver. It's either that or the mm-hmm. receiving core for me. It's one of those yeah. two things. And I think you look at McLeod, who is you know, the the App State transfer, who's a proven pass rusher. Big big fan of him. 
Yeah, I am too. But at the Sun Belt level, now it is mm-hmm. encouraging yeah. when you look at Pro Football Focus. One of his better games, maybe his best game, actually, was against Texas A&M. So like that's also, also had good games against North Carolina uh, during, during yeah. his during his time at App State. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, so that's encouraging. But I just think if you're an opposing offense and you're studying Auburn the week of and building up a game plan in regards to protecting your quarterback, you're looking at McLeod and you're looking at Keldrick just because of the upside that he represents. Mm-hmm. Maybe Marcus Harris a little bit, just as far as, you know, maybe if he scoots inside, I think he's going to be a little bit more of a threat than if he was an outside guy, which is where he's going to play a lot of the defensive end, it seems like. I think they need him to to help out in the pass rush. Uh, that's to. also a guy like uh, Mona Silakite. Like, mm-hmm. he's a guy that at Maryland did a really good job of getting to the backfield as, as, as a bigger dude, and you're going to need that this year for sure. And I also yeah. think Auburn's just going to have to blitz inside guys and, and DBs, which is what Ron Roberts has done in the past. Um, I do find it, you know, to, I do find it very interesting that Auburn went and got a guy like Larry Nixon because I think Cam Riley can help you out in the pass rush. I think if you give him some opportunities, you know, you want him to be a, a, a linebacker who can do it all. But I do think on third downs or something, if you just give Cam an opportunity to kind of go back to his days at Hillcrest Evergreen and just say, hey, buddy, pin your ears back and get that quarterback. Like, I think I think that's a good role. I think that's a good way to supplement the pass rush without making him a full-time pass rusher. Does that – do you think he does that blitzing from, uh, like, the Mike spot or the Will spot, or do you think they put him, like, at Jack? I think they can move him around. There, there, were, there were times during spring ball that I saw packages they were working on where you had a jack and a and a box linebacker both on the edge. I think mm-hmm. that's the thing with Ron Roberts' defense is he's the godfather of creepers and the sim pressures. And it's just, hey, we're gonna send um four guys on this on this, but you don't know which four they are. And I think to be effective in that, sometimes you're gonna have to do it. It's like, oh, that guy's gonna be in the box. He's gonna drop back in coverage. He's gonna, you know, he, he's gonna he's gonna do his linebacker stuff. And then all of a sudden he's flying to the quarterback. And there's somebody on the line or somebody at Jack dropping back into his zone and and, and helping him out in coverage, taking his responsibility. Like, that's what you I think that's what you want to have on terms. So I think Cam Riley makes a ton of sense for that. Like I Cam Riley as a guy who has some pass rushing background from his time in high school, who's done some of it at Auburn as well. And he's got yeah. the length and the athleticism for it. I think he can supplement your pass rush by still letting him do all the stuff you want him to do at linebacker. Like I, I like they didn't want to move him, him to Jack. They didn't well, want to move him to Jack because they wanted him to, you know, develop as a linebacker. Yeah, I I think physically he looks more like a pass rusher than a linebacker mm-hmm. to me. To me, so and he we'll, was an we'll, outside we'll linebacker. He was he was graded out as like an outside linebacker, possibly an edge rushing type in high school. But Auburn just had a better bigger need mm-hmm. on the inside, and you know he has been a productive inside linebacker for Auburn. I think he will continue to be, and I think this defense is one where it's not like maybe some of the ones we've seen in the past for Auburn. It's like, hey, if I'm an inside linebacker. This is what I do. This is going to be a lot more versatile. And so when you have a skill set and you have a have a, you know a body type like he, he he can't where you can do a variety of things, I think it's really going to help them. They're going to need that because yeah. you look at McLeod and Falk and uh, Stephen Sings and uh, Elijah McAllister, it's just like, okay, if, the, if you're going off of what they've done in the past and, and for all those guys at smaller levels, they could combine to give some, but you're not going to have that go-to. So I think the thing with Auburn's pass rush this year is – I don't think a superstar is going to emerge. And going back to the point with Keldrick, I, you know, it mm-hmm. might not, it might not be, uh, you, you might not get a guy that is, uh, you know, je- putting up Jeff Holland numbers. But if you can get it in the aggregate, basically, and have bits and pieces of everybody coming through, 
maybe you can have a good enough pass rush to to you know really take advantage of the fact that you've got a good secondary and you've got some good linebackers back and like you should be able to be a better defense this year. So I think the most likely situation is McLeod blows up and pops yes. and gets double digit sacks. I, I think that's yeah. more likely than everybody stepping up a little bit. I, I think that I think that could be if you're if there is a breakout guy on this on this team in the pass rush, it's definitely McLeod. Mm-hmm. And I think the question I'm going to have for McLeod, and it'll be interesting to see what they do moving forward, is he an every-down guy or is he just a late-down? And if you're just a late-down guy... and I think it's okay. and Yeah, absolutely. Especially if guys like Elijah McAllister and Steven Sings and Keldrick Falk can do some of the stuff you want a jack or an edge player to do on early downs and be able to set it. And I think McLeod, what I like about McLeod a lot is going back to what I said earlier about Ron Roberts' defenses, it's it's... We don't know who you're going to throw at, at us at, at any given time. Um, and he doesn't look like an edge rusher. He plays like an edge rusher. He produces like an mm-hmm. edge rusher, but he doesn't look like it. So you get before the snap, and it's like he's moving around, and he's, is that a linebacker? Is that a DB? Boom, he comes off, comes off the edge. He can tear up one of your bigger offensive tackles and then go get to the quarterback. Like yeah. that, I mean, to me, he seems like the, and I wrote about it when he signed with Auburn, he is the ideal like Ryan Roberts player. If you're wanting to get the most out of this season, if you're wanting to get the most out of these group of five guys, Ron Roberts is a defensive coordinator who's going to do that because it's scheme and and figuring things out more than just saying, hey, we got better dudes than you. We got more talented dudes than you. Put the ball down and let go. let's go. That's what they did under Kevin Steele, and it really, really worked. Right. You don't have that right now. You don't have that kind of roster right now. But you got some dudes that I think can be can, can really blow up this year. Yeah, and just want to clarify, this does not mean we're not high on Keldrick Falk. I just oh. don't think, as a freshman, he's going to necessarily be the dude. I think sophomore and junior year Keldrick is going to be scary for opposing offenses. And if he is... Really good. I mean, if we're talking about, I mean, again, think about how pe- how excited people were about Carl Lawson in his true freshman season. That's four sacks, four and a half sacks. Like, he gets in that neighborhood. That's a really, really good sign. And all all that takes, honestly, when you think about it, it's all that takes is just a couple of games or a couple of, you know, even a couple of plays where he just he just blows up and does well. And so, yeah, I mean, if he's one of those guys who gets a lot more than that, I mean, the, the stock will be through the roof. But again, yeah, no like, question. Yeah. If Falk no question. Is, if Falk's not if Falk's not that high high end guy, don't worry because, I mean, right. We've seen really we've seen really really good guys. Yeah, it doesn't mean he's a bust or anything like that. I just think proper expectations are needed. No question mm-hmm. about it. All right. So if Keldrick's not the most productive freshman, who could it be? We discuss in just a moment right here on Locked On Auburn. Today's show brought to you by our friends at FanDuel Sportsbook. Take your first swing. At betting all the Major League Baseball that's happening on FanDuel, you can get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks, and you'll land $200 back in bonus bets, win or lose. That is a gimme. That's $200 that you can spend betting everything from the money line to the over-under to who you think could hit the first home run in that evening. And then, of course, you can run over and check out some early college football lines as well. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com. Wow, fanduel.com slash locked on to get $200 in bonus bets. That's fanduel.com slash locked on. Fanduel, the official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. Justin Ferguson of the Auburn Observer joining us today. All right, I'm looking at Kay and Lee to be the most productive freshman for Auburn 
this upcoming season. I almost said Connor Liu, but I just feel even if even if Kayan doesn't win the starting job, I think he still has a path to being an extremely productive player on the back end for the Tigers. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think in modern college football, you need three cornerbacks that you feel really, really good about. Not guys that play nickel, not guys that move, just three go out and get uh, a dude and cover them kind of corners because you can't rely on as good as the combo Auburn has on the outside with James and Pritchett. Can't rely on just those two guys to make it through a year. And so I think that's where Kay and Lee is going to come into the picture. I think it's also where a guy like JD Rim could be a, a, a big um, influence for Auburn and then be that kind of bridge between your current guys and the sure. future because you got so many young DBs that are going to be in that room this year, Kay and Lee being one of them. Can you go ahead and take advantage of the fact that he he can play right now? Mm-hmm. Right, yeah, because Connor Liu I think is going to play, but his path to starting and path to the field I think is a little tougher than Lee's just because of the nature sure. of of offensive line and you brought in Muskrat, which I think is going to hurt Connor Liu's chances a little bit. They really like Tate Johnson and the Jeremiah Wright. I mean, you're just competing with more guys for that last spot. And, and I'm not exactly sure he's going to necessarily get it, but it also could be a thing where Hugh freeze and this offensive staff is like, no, he's worth investing in, in the future. Um, and so we'll, we'll certainly see on that. But Ferg, another guy is Jeremiah Cobb, who, you know, it's been those three guys has kind of been the elite freshman because they all stood out so much in spring practice. When you look at Falk, when you look at Lou and when you look at Lee, but Jeremiah Cobb is a guy that, I mean, for the most of the recruiting cycle, I mean, he was the prize of Auburn's 2023 recruiting class. But he just, he, was a, he wasn't an early enrollee. He got here at the start of the summer. But, I mean, if you just watch his tape, I mean, it, it's very easy to tell how special this player could be. Yeah, and also he's a running back, and that's the one position where you can play yes. – the quickest and it, and even if you're not a guy who's an early enrollee it's a plug and play position right and, and so jeremiah cobb is going to be a fascinating player to watch this year we talked about it on our podcast earlier this week we're at 23 man that's a really good number to have if you're an auburn running back i, I think that's a i think that's that's a good sign for his future, good omen sure. yeah yeah very, right. very but no he's a great big play back i think he he's got some uh, you know he's got some really good receiving game to him you know usually when you get to um, the college level, you're having to teach some of these guys how to be a receiver and how to do some of the stuff that's going to, you know, not only help them at the college level, but potentially make them NFL receiver uh, or yeah. NFL running backs. Montgomery Catholic did it. They threw yeah. it to him. They threw it to him. They split him out wide. I mean, they he did receiver stuff mm-hmm. uh, a good bit. So I think that could get him on the field pretty early as well. And so that running back room is going to be fascinating. At full strength, that's a, that's a room that's going to be highly competitive. And I think you're going to rotate. I think you can play some of these guys, but it'll just be interesting to see who get who does what. I mean, one of those four running backs, when you look at Jarquez Hunter, when you look at Brian Batte, Damari Austin, and Jeremiah Cobb, one of those guys is going to get left out, right? One of those guys probably won't be in the key rotation every single week. And I wouldn't be surprised if it's more of a hot hand kind of thing. And it's like, hey, these are the guys that fit the best in this game or fit the best in this sure. matchup, had the best – like. I think there's going to be a good rotation there uh, for sure. Uh, I think uh, the the thing about like outside of the the Hunter guys, like or outside of Hunter, the guys that you have, I think Demari Austin's got that really good between the tackles, 
uh, feature back kind of look to him, um, which is interesting. Brian Batty can fly on the smaller end, but he's so versatile and, and was such a big play guy at USF. And then like we were talking about with Jeremiah Cobb, good receiving option, big play dude, I think is going to be a future star on this team. And it's just like, all right, you know, who who gets the who gets the snaps, who gets the who gets the touches, and and, and honestly, it could get to a point where, um, like I said, like you're 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 looking at a certain matchup and say, hey, we need a guy who can operate more as a receiver in this play, or oh man, it, you know, you mm-hmm. can, we need more of that between the tackles kind of gritty type of running back. The other thing I think is special about a guys like Batty and <clears throat> potentially Cobb. I'm not saying this. We all know Jarquez Hunter has a big play gear, and, and I'm and I'm certain Demari Austin's got that to his game as well. Right. Um, but I think guys with like Batty and what Cobb did in high school, it's like you might not have to feed these guys double digit touches if for, in order for them to have a big impact in the game because of just how fast and, and athletic they are, explosive. That's a good be. point. That's a good point. Yeah, and just you know the the dynamic of needing to keep everyone happy. You don't necessarily have to do that because I don't think many people are expecting Hunter to be here next year. I think Bad T will be out of eligibility after this year. And then you know, Damari seems like he's all in. So I think that's an interesting aspect of like mm-hmm. always having to rec- like continuing to recruit your players. I think as far as the rotation goes, I don't think you'll have to worry about that as much. And you got and you got Fat Burnett coming in too. So I mean, like you've Good got, point. yeah. You, I mean, like the 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 machine keeps rolling. Cadillac Williams, you know what you're going to get out of him every year. He's going to have a good room. He's going to have a deep room. He's going to have a talented room, mm-hmm. and he's going to get a guy. He's good. They're, they're going to bring in a dude from the high school ranks who is a really highly touted uh, recruit. They may get a they may get a transfer if it can help them out and just keep that thing churning. And I mean, that's that's the that if Auburn can get to a point, and I know numbers wise it's different for everybody. But if Auburn can get to a point where their running back room and their defense, if all their rooms can look a lot more like the running back room and the DB room, I think that's the long term what you want. But it's going to take time because, I mean, it took years for Cadillac and for Zach Etheridge to to get them into that range. But that's what you want every year. Yep. You know, send dudes to the NFL, bring dudes up for the next level, turn these new guys into stars, get that next wave rolling. I mean, it's just that that's perfect. That's exactly what you want. Yeah. All right, 247 Sports, they ranked the top transfer quarterbacks in history. Cam Newton, Nick Marshall, my opinion, way, way too low. You won't believe where they put them. We discussed that in just a moment right here on Locked On Auburn. I encourage you to join the Locked On Auburn Discord. It is free. All you have to do is click the link in the episode description down below. I also encourage you uh, to sign up for the Auburn Observer. Ferg, how can they do that? Yeah, armedobserver.com, sign up at $6 a month or $60 a year. We'll give you, you know, something pretty much every weekday here in the offseason. Uh, yeah. If we don't give you something like yesterday on Thursday, today on Friday, we've got a new uh, uh, podcast episode out and a new mailbag. Mailbag's really fun. Podcast episode, Dan and I went head-to-head. We each drafted a team uh, from the 2023 Auburn roster. We're going to go head-to-head, uh, picking an offense and a defense, snake draft style. It's a lot of fun. So you can check that out, auburnobserver.com. It's $6 a month or $60 a year to sign up, and you get access to everything we do. And the best thing about what we do is every time something new comes out, whether it's a newsletter or a podcast, you get an email about it uh, and so you can read and listen to it on your uh, on your own time. Give us a tease. Who was the first pick in that draft? 
it, well, I'll, t- I'll tell you this. Uh, if it's not a quarterback, I think we've done something very, very wrong. Um, Understood. So, yeah, I, I, I feel feel pretty confident. We hadn't done the draft. By the time we're recording this, we haven't done the draft yet. But, oh, okay. um, but I'll tell you this. If uh, if if a certain quarterback isn't one one, I, I think I think it'll be very interesting to see uh, kind of how the rest of the draft develops from there. I got you. I got you. All right, two four seven ranked the top transfer quarterbacks of all time, and I just think it's a travesty anytime Cam Newton is on a college football list and is not number one. I think it's absolutely ridiculous and. So they've got Joe Burrow, who, of course, transferred from Ohio State to LSU. And then Baker Mayfield at two. who transferred from Texas Tech to Oklahoma. Then Cam Newton at three, of course, transferred from Florida. And then eventually to uh, to Auburn. But wh- wh- what are your thoughts on, uh, on that, Ferg? I think the great debate in college football is, is Joe Burrow. Did Joe Burrow or Cam Newton have the best season of all time at the quarterback right. position? And I think you can't. I, th- I think you can't go wrong either way. I would argue that for Cam, the talent around him was not nearly the level that Burrow had. But yeah. I, like Burrow also was just this unreal machine that year for them. So if, if you give me a list and say, hey, Joe Burrow's number one, Cam Newton's behind him, I'll be like, you know what? I might not personally agree with that. Depends on the day. But it makes uh, sense. Like, yeah. Baker Mayfield being ahead, <laughs> I, I no, no. No, I'm with I'm, you. I, I'd love to know what the argument is for that. I mean, I'm sure Cam Cam gets dinged in all these things because he's like, oh, he only played one year, and it's like, yeah, but he never lost. He like, won he a did national, everything. Yeah, exactly. Won a national championship. Didn't lose a game. Uh, Baker Mayfield, man, like I like Baker Mayfield was the quarterback when Auburn played when Auburn played him in the Sugar Bowl in in 16. I, I like it's Baker does not have the resume i know he won a heisman and i know like at one point in time his numbers were kind of crazy uh can you pull that list back up again yeah because yeah. i have a question sure where's kyler murray not it's on ba- there okay but that's the thing kyler kyler started at a&m he ends up going to oklahoma and if i remember correctly kyler shattered mayfield's uh efficiency and and yards per attempt numbers at uh at Oklahoma like right after it mm-hmm. what, I, what am I missing here <laughs> yep the, Caleb Williams is at four I think that's a little high but I get it you want a Heisman that's fine I guess Jalen Hurts is at five of course going from Bama to Oklahoma then let, let's skip down a little bit Nick Marshall at 13 of course going from Georgia to Auburn and you just look at the folks ahead of them like Troy Aikman from Oklahoma to UCLA um Okay, like he should Scott probably Ross be, won a national title at Nebraska. Sure, Colt Brennan and Ryan Mallett are both on this list. May they both uh, rest in peace. But and like Jake Coker is above Nick Marshall as well, and like at least Jake Coker won a Natty. I guess that's the argument. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there. But I don't know, man. Like and like Same Russell club. Wilson was exciting. You know, going from NC State to Wisconsin, but. I don't think, you know, that year or two years that Nick Marshall had at the college level. I mean, we're talking about college. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I think Nick Marshall should be higher. Yeah, I pulled up the pass efficiency rating, the career numbers. And yeah, Kyler beat out Baker 
And Justin Fields also beat beat out Baker by the end. Like so, that was the thing with Baker. I remember when he when he won the Heisman, he had that year at Oklahoma, and yeah, three years at Oklahoma, really good all three of those years for sure. But it's like the numbers he put up, he got past, like he immediately gets passed up by another guy, and it's like if you're saying, well, three seasons of being a great quarterback is better than one, and it's like, yeah, but he also played at Oklahoma, and like they didn't win at all. Right, at least Burrow yeah. won it all. At least some of these other dudes won it all, and so right, yeah. Where's Kyler Murray in this list? Like that's like, wild. That's, that's like because I think I think Kyle, Kyler, uh, I think Kyler. The best way to describe Kyler Murray uh, to me is a one season Baker Mayfield, and you know his 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 second se- his first season at Oklahoma where he wasn't the full-time star. He had these just insane numbers in just a very small sample size. But yeah, I don't I don't know, man. I, I really don't know. And so heck, I, I went back to uh I went back this, to the you do this next year, maybe Bo Nix is on that list. I don't know. Yeah, maybe if so. We're going if we're going off of stats, if we're going off of stats, I mean I went back to look at the tweet to see if all the replies were like where's Kyler Murray and they took the tweet down. I wonder if that's why. Interesting. Mm, Interesting. That's probably why. And look, man, it's it's tough to make lists. I used to do that for a living. Uh, yeah, you always. It's, it's, it's so easy fun. to leave somebody out. Yeah, yeah, it's it's super easy to leave somebody out. But I'm not going to give you a whole lot of a, le- a lot of credit if a you left somebody out. But then b also, it's like Cam Newton over good. Cam Cam's got a title. Cam's got a national title to his name. Mm-hmm. Baker Mayfield played on a lot of really good Oklahoma teams. That's a tough argument to make. That's it. And I, and I pulled up the article to see if he made the argument. And he does. It's just kind of a bio of each player. Uh-huh. He's not really making an argument. So come on. That's all right. That's come all right. On now. One more time, Ferg. How can people check you out, brother? AuburnObserver.com. $6 a month or $60 a year. We email everything to you. Check it out. Yes. And you can follow me on socials at Z Blackerby and read all my written work at AuburnDaily.com. We will see you on Monday. This has been Locked on Auburn.